This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. I'm ministering on healing. Amen. And I'm telling you, we, I'm, if the devil's going to attack us, one of the areas he attacks us in is our health. Would you agree with that? And we live in physical bodies, so we, we, you have to combat the devil, amen? You're going to have to learn to fight the good fight of faith. And so today I want to talk to you about healing and a, a, a real key, which, which I believe is a powerful key to healing in our lives. And, and the key I'm talking about is, is walking in God's love. Walking in God's love. God's love responded when you respond to God's love in a right way, I believe God can heal all wounds. Amen. Do you believe that today? Yeah. And, I, and I believe that today. So today I want to convey to you the love of God. Amen. When you grasp the love of God in your life, you'll be able to receive healing, provision, and anything else that you may need in this life. You know, there's a song that goes, what the world needs more is love more love, sweet love, amen? And we need more love. Somebody say, I need more love. love. Amen. And I really believe when we get a revelation of God's love, we're going to walk in healing like we need to, amen? I'm going to say this, that the way that we receive healing from God is by faith, amen? Do you believe that today? That's how we receive all the promises of God in our life is by faith, but our faith won't work effectively unless we're rooted and grounded in God's love. Amen? So, 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 so your faith, there's two key elements that makes your faith work. One is hope. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And the other one is love, because faith worketh by love. So love is a foundation for our faith to work. Amen? So, so, so we need to look at that and we really need to get rooted and grounded in God's love. I think probably, I don't know about you, but I have to work on walking in love. Does anybody have to work on, on it or do you all have mercy gifts out here? Is it easy for you to be kind and is it easy? I, I don't know about you, but I, I, I have to work on walking in love. I have to work on walking in love towards people. Uh, it just doesn't come natural. Uh, Paul talks about the old man. That old man was crucified when you received Christ, but that old man wants to be resurrected every once in a while. Isn't that right? And we got to put down that old man. Amen. I'm not talking about your dad, but anyway, we'll continue. You got to, uh, you got to put down, you got to crucify that flesh. And so I really think that this walk that we walk in, we're going to have to learn to walk in God's love. Amen? Amen? Because I'm going to say this, the world is self-centered. You know the world is self-centered. The people of the world, people that don't know God, they're they're self-centered, which means they're the center of their life. Is that right? But people that love God, guess who's the center of their lives? God. Right? Say, God is the center of my life. That means that we revolve around God and we don't make God revolve around us. Is that right? And so, so God is the center of our life. And when we get a revelation of God's love, uh, we will walk in fullness of faith and that faith will help us attain healing or whatever provision we might need from God. Now, one of the greatest prayers, and I talked about prayer last week, praying the prayer of Jabez. Remember that message last week? And then then also, if you want to move forward in your walk with God, pray the prayer of Jabez. Lord, Lord, bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory. Keep your hand upon me and keep me from all evil. If you pray that prayer, you move forward. But I also talked about the the, the prayer of the Ephesian church that Paul prayed for. And, and in this prayer, I just want to uh, focus on this because I don't know about you, but I need to walk in more love. Yeah. Amen. And so, and so I love what it says in Ephesians. 
3, 16 and 19, it says that, that, and this is a prayer that we should be praying for ourselves and even praying for our loved ones. It says here that he would grant you according to the riches and glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Notice that he's saying that we need to pray that Christ will dwell in our hearts through faith because faith is the key to obtaining the promises of God, that you being rooted and grounded in love, glory to God, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So Paul is saying that this prayer, he's praying this prayer for the church of Ephesus, but it's a powerful prayer that you can pray for yourself. Amen. And, and it's a prayer that God would, uh, it says here, that, that, that faith would dwell in your heart, that, that you being rooted and grounded in his love will be able to comprehend with all the saints was the width, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ. God wants us to know the love of Christ. He wants, he wants, and he's, and we should be praying this prayer. Father, Father, reveal to me the, the width, the depth, the height, the length of your love towards me that passes all knowledge. I'm going to say this. Love transcends knowledge. In other words, love is greater than knowledge. God's love for Adam and Eve was greater than the knowledge of the tree of the, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Amen. The love that God had for Adam and Eve, taking care of them and and them trusting Him, and but they didn't trust God. They they chose the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They chose the tree instead of God's love. Amen. And so we we need to understand this that as we pray these prayers that God's love will be revealed to us. So praying these prayers, give us a revelation of God's love. Amen? And this should bring us into a greater faith, and that faith should open up the door of healing in our lives. Do you believe that today? And let's look at some more scriptures that talks about uh, walking in the love of God. And this is in Galatians, because this is a key scripture here. It says in Galatians 5, 6, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor, nor uncircumcision avails anything, but faith works through love. So Paul is, is saying here, you know, there were some uh, religious Jews that came in and said to the Gentiles that received Jesus that they needed to add something to believing Jesus. They needed to add it, circumcision. And Paul says, no, it's not circumcision. It's the love of Christ. Amen. And he's saying it's, it's, it's faith working through love. Somebody say faith, faith. Working, working through love. So pure faith works by love. So if you're going to walk in faith to attain healing, you have to walk in the love of God. Can I get a witness in the house today? So if we're not walking in love towards God and towards people, then our faith won't work to receive healing or any other provision from God. So love is the key the, to, to, to heal us from the curse of sickness and it brings healing into each one of our lives. So walking out of God's love, breaking the, the, the love law, when we break the love law, that brings the curse of sickness. Can I get a witness in the house today? When we break the love of uh, the law, love law, it brings the curse into our lives. I'm going to say this: you're blessed, but 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 the curse can come in if we walk out of love. Amen. So so how do we fulfill walking in God's love? Paul explains it in Galatians, and this is powerful. He says, "For then, brethren, you have been called to liberty. Only do not use your liberty." As an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. 
So what is the enemy trying to do in these last days? He's trying to get us in strife. Is that right? He's trying to get us upset. He's trying to get us angry with one another. He's, he's trying to get, get an offense working in our lives. And, and the Bible says if you love the word of God, it's impossible for you to stay offended. Amen. And so, and so I love that. And he says to fulfill the entire law of the prophets. You could say to fulfill, to fulfill the law of the prophets. He says you shall love your neighbor as yourselves. This is the problem about us walking in love towards people. We don't love ourselves. Do you know that, that God has made you and you are wonderfully made? You know you're a creation of God. You're made in His image. And you have to learn to love yourself. And people that don't love themselves don't love other people. You have to have a healthy love for yourself. You have to have a healthy love for what God... God did not make junk when He made you. He made a masterpiece. And you are a masterpiece at work. Do you believe that today? Say, I'm a masterpiece at work. So we see here, love of God will compel us in two areas. It says that when we walk in the love of God, it should compel us to serve one another. As he says here, we should be serving one another. And it should compel us to love people as we love ourselves. So, so we got to check ourselves. Are we being a blessing towards people around us? Are we being servant-minded people? Do we like to serve glory to God? Well, that's the love of God in action, is us serving one another. Somebody say serve one another. So if you're going to walk in the provision of healing and abundance, you've got, you got to get an understanding that sickness and poverty is a curse. You've got to get a revelation that. Sickness and lack is a curse, not a blessing from God uh, to teach you something. Some believers in the body of Christ believe sickness is put on them by God and it's a blessing from God. They say, well, God is training me in righteousness through this sickness. So it's a it's a blessing. But I would have to say that's that's erroneous thinking. Uh Sickness is not a blessing, and if you study it out all through the Bible, sickness is always considered a curse. Poverty is always, it is not a blessing from God to perfect us. God's word perfects us. God doesn't need to put sick. I'm going to say this, God doesn't need to put sickness on me to perfect me. He just needs to give me his word. Can I get a witness in the house today? That's all I need. So, so sickness and lack, is a, it's, a, it's a curse that came from the fall of Adam and Eve. And so that fall caused the curse to come into this planet. And that's the reason why our world is not perfect. Some people say, if God is a God of love, why is there so much misery in the world? Because of the sin of Adam and Eve. And that sin is still in this world system. We're, we live in a corrupt world system. It, it's a broken world system. We don't even have redeemed bodies yet. That's why we fight sickness at times. Can I get a witness? We only have a down payment of our salvation. Pretty soon we'll have glorified bodies. I'm looking forward to that day. But until that day, we're going to have to walk in love. And that love propels faith. And faith obtains the promises of God's word, the promise of healing, the promise of prosperity. Faith obtains it, but love has to undergird that faith. Because if you're not walking in the love of God, you will short-circuit your faith and you will short-circuit the ability to receive healing or whatever provision that God has for us. So you got to get a revelation that sickness and poverty and lack is a curse. It's not a blessing to teach me something. Amen. 
you got to get an understanding. Well, maybe God's putting me through this to teach me something. No, God teaches you through his word. Amen. Amen. Now, now, the devil will try to make you think that that's what God... Oh, you're special. God's putting cancer on you and you can handle that. No, you, you know, no, it's not about you being special and that you can handle it with a good attitude as you die. <laughs> we know that whenever you encounter a problem, uh, whenever you get a symptom in your body, whenever you get a bad doctor's report, uh, you've got to be very careful, and I'm going to talk about this, that you're not allowing fear to come into your life. Because fear uh, tolerated is faith contaminated. Can I get a witness? And what the enemy's trying to do is put fear in us. And we cannot be governed by fear. We have to be governed by faith. So let's look at this, that we are redeemed for the curse of the law. And, and this is a great uh, message here, because especially for those that, that are hearing this maybe for the first time, and even people that are unsaved should hear this message. Because if they're unsaved, they're under the curse. And if you're saved, I'm going to say this, you're under the blessing. Amen. Say, I'm under the blessing. I like that kind of talk. I don't like to be under a curse. And in Galatians 3.13, it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, for his written, curses everyone who hangs on the tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the spirit of faith. And I said this before. Notice it says might, you might, and you might not. What does it take for you to receive the blessing of Abraham? You have to believe that Jesus was made a curse for you on the cross. Jesus became cursed so that we can be blessed. Isn't that right? Jesus became a curse on the cross so that we can receive all the blessings that he heaven has for us. And all those blessings are yes and amen for all the promises of God. And, and all spiritual blessings are all ours because Jesus paid the price and became a curse for us so that we can be blessed. See, Jesus came to take the curse off of mankind. Jesus came to take the curse of sickness off of us. Jesus came to take the curse of poverty off of us. Jesus came to take the curse away. Amen. Somebody say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. So Jesus loved us so much that he redeemed us from three key curses that mankind received with the fall of Adam and Eve. What are these three main curses? And they're all, it's all intertwined in death. God loves so much, he redeemed us from, number one, spiritual death. Jesus died so that we could live. Isn't that great? And Jesus paid the price on the cross and became that curse so that we, he died physically so that we could live spiritually. Amen? So Jesus was separated, in a sense, on the cross from God so that we could be connected to God. See, before you received Christ, you were disconnected from God. But when you received Christ, because Jesus became disconnected on the cross, you got connected to God. Amen. Is that, that's great news today. Somebody say, I'm connected to God. I love that. And so I love that because in Romans 3.23, it says this, uh, uh, 23 through 26, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So, so this is saying here that there's, there's nobody righteous on this planet that we've all fallen short and sinners need a savior. Yeah. Amen. In other words, we're, we're, we're not perfect, but we need a perfect savior to perfect us. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by the blood through faith to demonstrate His righteousness. Because of His forbearance, God has passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate 
at this present time his righteousness that he might be just the justifier of one who has faith in Jesus. So what is this saying? This is saying that the sins that we have committed uh, can't keep us from God's love. In other words, the blood of Jesus washes our sins, breaks down the wall that separates us from the love of God, breaks it down in Jesus' name, and brings us into the revelation of God's love. Amen. And so I love that. So, so, so we, somebody say, I'm redeemed from the curse of spiritual death. Amen. And we're also redeemed from the curse of poverty or lack. Can you say, can you say, I, thank you for that amen. Can I get out of my chair today? We are redeemed from the curse of poverty and lack. Say, I'm redeemed. Jesus paid the price. I love it what it says in 2 Corinthians 8 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that through he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that through, through his poverty you might become rich. So Jesus became poor. When did he become poor? He became poor twice. He became poor when he left heaven to come down here. He left heaven. Heaven has streets of gold. And he came to walk on streets of dirt. And then he came, became poor. He wasn't poor in his ministry because he took care of 12 grown men that had wives. And he took care of them for three years. Amen. And they left all their businesses and he, and he kept them fat and happy. Amen. And so he wasn't poor when he was down here. But he became poor when he went to the cross because he was stripped naked. All, everything he had was taken away from him at the cross. So, so, so it was taken away from why? So that we can have abundance in this life. Amen. Somebody say, I believe that. Do I have any people that believe in abundance in Exceed Life Church? Believe for, for increase in Exceed Life Church. I, I, I'm believing for abundance. I, I'm looking at people that have abundance. That means more than enough to meet your needs and to put something in the offering. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. To, in other words, God, Bible talks about that, that, that he gives us the power to make wealth so that his covenant will be established. What, what does that mean? He doesn't give us wealth. He gives us the power to make wealth. That means he gives us witty ideas. He gives us favor. He gives us, he opened doors of grace and opportunities for us to be blessed. Glory to God. Jesus loves us so much. Number three, not only did he redeem us from poverty, but he redeemed us from the curse of sickness. And you say, well, if he has redeemed us from the curse of sickness, why am I sick? Well, you need to walk in more love, possibly. You need, a, you need your faith to grow a little bit more. Amen. And it's a process of growing in your faith to come out of some things. When you first got saved, maybe you had some addictions. But the longer you stay in God, those addictions start leaving you. Sometimes faith is a process. It just doesn't happen overnight. It may take a process for you to walk in healing. I, I was listening to Charles Capps, and he's a faith minister. He went home to be with the Lord, and he used to be allergic to poison ivy. And then he started confessing, I'm not allergic to poison ivy anymore. And he, and he got to a point where he built his faith up so much that he could take poison ivy and grab it and, 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 and touch it, and it would not even affect him. Why? Because he believed that he was redeemed for the curse of the law. See, you, your, your faith has to grow. And maybe you are dealing with some kind of ailment. Maybe you're dealing with some kind of sickness. Well, as you continue to come to church and feed your faith, you will grow out of those things. Amen. Amen. Somebody say, I'm growing. I'm growing. 
We're grow- you're growing out of lack. You're growing into abundance. You're growing out of sickness. You're growing into health and vitality. Glory to God. Amen. Shirley Combs had her sons come out. And, they, and, I, and I used to teach them many years ago in, in uh, children's church and uh, the youth. When I ministered to youth. And they came out. And I haven't seen them in many years. And uh, they, both of them said, man, pastor's looking good up there on that platform. Amen. They say he looks fit. He looks healthy. Glory to God. I'm like, praise the Lord. Glory to God. I received that. Amen. Amen. Why? Because the Bible says you're not getting older. You're not getting worse. You're getting better. Like fine wine, you're getting better. Glory to God. The Bible says your youth is renewed. Somebody say my youth is renewed like the eagles. Somebody say I believe that. Amen. You, you, your best years, you haven't even lived your best years yet. You haven't even lived your best years yet. You know, when God called Moses, he was 80 years young. Somebody say, man, I'm getting old. I'm 80. No, he was 80 years young. And he just started his ministry at 80. Can I get a witness in the house today? So just because you're chronically, chronically, (laughs) just because you may have some age on you, doesn't mean that God's going to put you out in the pasture. Amen. And you don't need to retire. You just need to refire. That's what I'm talking about. You don't need to retire. You need to refire. Amen. And then God called Abraham and said, and, and he had his son at a hundred years of age. And God gave him so much vitality when his wife died, he got another wife and got more kids. Come on. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. This guy has the vitality. Man, he was having kids over a hundred years of age. Married a young woman. Glory to God. That's all right. Probably somebody half his age. No, it would have to be probably three, probably in their 20s to have kids. Amen? Amen. That's all right. I I have a young wife and I'm proud of it. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. I like to say I got to stay in shape and healthy because I have a young wife. She's she's a little bit young. She's catching up with me, though. I say, man, you're catching up with me. Amen? Glory to God. She says, I'll never catch up with you. <laughs> she said, I'll never catch I said, you're already, I won't even say where she's at, amen, in her 40s. But anyway, glory to God, I, I, I said it, amen. Hopefully I don't get, get hurt over this, this message. But anyway, Jesus loves you, glory to God. He redeemed you from spiritual death. He redeemed you from poverty. And he redeemed you from sickness. Somebody say, I'm redeemed from sickness. Now, again, as you take messages of faith, you will grow into your healing. Healing may not happen overnight, but you're in a process of being healed under the anointed word of God. Do you believe that today? And so it says in Isaiah, some people say, why do you preach on healing once a month? Uh, Because uh, my congregation still gets sick. Until, you, until you're walking in divine health, I'm going to keep preaching it. Amen. Because faith comes by hearing, not having heard. Amen. So faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing until you're walking in divine health, till diabetes is leaving your body, high blood pressure is leaving your body. I'm telling you, as you t- continue in the Word of God, you will be made free. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, you've got to continue in the word. Glory to God. You, you, can't, you can't live on yesterday's breakfast. You've got to have breakfast today. Can I get a witness in the house today? Amen. I had, I had my waffles yesterday. It was my cheat day yesterday. Waffles. And I love it with, with homemade whipped cream. Glory to God. Am I making you hungry? Glory to God. And then I had some oatmeal. 
Glory to God. And I ate, man. I ate yesterday. And you know, I stepped on the scale this morning and I stayed the same weight. It was a miracle. <laughs> it was a miracle. I stepped on it. I said, something's wrong with this, this scale. I'm the same weight as I was yesterday morning. I weighed myself. I'm, I'm, I'm a little, you know, you know, I, I'm one of those type of people, you know. And uh, that, that's, uh, uh, that, 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 that's, that focuses too much. What, what are those people called? That focus too much on things? Well, we'll continue. Amen. You guys got a blank there. Amen. And um, so, so God has, uh, Jesus has, has given us a, uh, eternal life, has, has redeemed us from poverty, and has redeemed us from sickness. In Isaiah 53, it says here, surely, uh, verse 4 and 5, surely he, Jesus, has borne our griefs, and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. I love that. If you're going to walk in divine health, you might need to be reading this scripture like every day of your life. You need to be meditating on scriptures like this. If you're going to walk in divine health, you need to be reminding yourself that Jesus became a curse so that we can be healed. Amen. In Matthew 8, 16, I love this. It says, when evening has come, they brought to him many who were demon possessed and he cast out spirits with a word and he healed all who were sick. Notice it says he healed all who were sick. Now, if sickness was a blessing, then why was, God, why was Jesus messing up God's blessing in their life by healing them? Think about that. Because sickness is not a blessing of God. And if, if Jesus always did what God told him to do, then he wasn't coming against God when he was healing people. So healing is of God. Sickness is of the devil. Can I say that again? Healing is of God. Sickness and poverty is of the devil. Glory to God. And I love this. It says here in 1 Peter 2.24. Amen. Well, let's continue. He cast out spirits with the word, healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities, and he bore our sicknesses. I love that. And then 1 Peter 2.24 who himself bore our sins on his own body and tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Now, now Peter's already assuming that you were healed. Amen? You know, the Bible talks about, that uh, in James, it talks about, in James 5, verse 14, If there's any sick among you, let him call upon the elders of the church and the elders will anoint you with oil and the prayer of faith will heal the sick. And if they've committed any sins, they'll be forgiven. I love that scripture, but I love the way it's written in James. It says, if there's any sick among you. In other words, it should be rare that there's any saints of God that's walking in love have any sickness in their life. I'm going to say it again. It should be rare for any Christian walking in the love of God, loving God and loving people, loving themselves, uh, should be walking, if there's any sick among you. If. Amen? Is that good? And so so I love that. So, so, So these scriptures that I just read about Jesus paying the price... He has removed the curse from our lives. To maintain the love walk, we must walk in love towards God and towards people. Glory to God. I love this. Let's look at Exodus 15.26. Because breaking God's love law will bring the curse into our lives. Can I say that again? Breaking God's love law. When we break a law, what happens? We gotta, when you do the crime, you, you know, you got you to gotta pay the time. Right? 
And so I love this in Exodus. It says, it says, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statues, I will put none of the diseases on you which I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that heals you. I love this. And some of the people say, well, pastor, you just said that God doesn't put sickness on us. And why did why why does it say here that that he would not put because the way they translated this, uh, they translated it. And there is one uh, scholar that looked at the tenses of the verbs in, in Hebrew and, 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 and it was it was it was translated in a causative sense. In a causative sense. But, but it should have been translated in a permissive sense. What do I mean by that? In a, permit, in a causative sense, it was like God causing the sickness to come on them. But in a permissive sense, God permits the sickness to come on you. There's a difference between God causing and God permitting. God doesn't cause us to be sick, but he will permit it. Why? If we permit it. God will permit it if we walk out of the law of love. That gives the devil jurisdiction in our lives. Come on. The devil has free ground on a Christian's life if you walk out of love. That's right. And so, and so it says, if you're diligent, heed the voice of the Lord your God. Do what is right in his sight. Give ear to his commandments. Keep his statutes. So walking in God's ways and obeying him will keep the blessing in our lives Obedience brings the blessing. Disobedience, I'm going somewhere this morning, brings the curse. Obedience brings the blessings of God in our life. Disobedience, you don't hear preachers talk like this. They only talk one side. But there's two sides of the coin. There's obedience and disobedience. There's trust and obey because there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. But you can disobey God and that will open the door for the enemy to work in your life. Is that right? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. So, so we need to walk in God. Let me give you some keys here. Walking in love towards God and people keeps the blessing of healing in your lives. So what do we have to do? We have to walk in love towards God. And walk in love towards people. What does that mean? Well, when you walk in love towards God, that means you're obeying God's word. Amen. See, when you're disobeying God's word, you're not walking in love towards God. Am I, am I preaching to anybody today? If you're disobedient to God's word, you're not really loving God. If you're obeying God's word, you're loving God. Is that right? And if you're walking in love towards people... Then, then you're going to see the blessing. So, so in Matthew, uh, when, in Matthew 22, 36 and 40, he says, Teacher, which is the great commandment of law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commands hang all the law of the prophets. So the entire law of the prophets, they say there was over 600 laws. <laughs> You got the Ten Commandments and then all these laws that were added to it. But, but, but really, all you have to do is obey these two laws. Love God, love people. And if you love God, love people, and then your faith is working, if your faith is working, you'll be able to attain the promise of healing. But if you're not loving God and you're not loving people and you're trying to stand in faith for healing, your faith may be short-circuited by you walking out of love. Can I get away? In other words, sometimes when you get sick, you get angry. You get ornery. You, you, get, you get upset. Amen? And sometimes people get, they get sick, and the, and the enemy wants you to get upset and get angry. But don't get upset and get angry. In other words, you need to do what James 1 says. When you get something coming on you, count it all joy. Why? Because God's going to bring you out of it. Start thanking God for the blood. Start thanking God for the provision. Start thanking God. Amen. Amen. I love that. I love this. If we're going to put it practicality, walking in love towards people, Psalms 15, 1 and 5, I was reading this yesterday. It says, Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle? You could say this, Lord, who may abide in your love? 
who may dwell in your holy hill, who may dwell in your holy love. He who walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks truth in his heart. you got to be honest with where you're at in God. Amen. God sees all things. All things are naked before God, the Bible says. You can't hide from God. you got to be honest with God. you got to examine yourself every day to see if you're walking in the faith. Can I get a witness in the house today? He who does not, notice this, it says, he who walks uprightly. Are you walking uprightly? Are you doing the right things? He who works righteousness. Are you working righteousness in your life? He who speaks truth in his heart. You're not lying to yourself. My 11th commandment, thou shalt not fool thyself. That's my 11th commandment. What do I mean by that? See, some people don't want to take responsibility for where they're at in their life. They duck and hide and dodge. They, they do things slip shot and wonder why their life is messed up. And you can't live your life slip shot. You can't. Can I get a witness now? You got to live. A, you got to look at this. this, this works righteousness, speaks truth in his heart. He who does not backbite with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor does he take up a reproach against his friend who eyes a vile person is despised. But notice this, he honors those who fear the Lord. Do you honor the people of God? Do you honor the leadership of God? Are you, are you honoring people that, that serve God? He says, he who swear, or are you honoring the worldly people? Am I getting, are, you, are you putting more honor to the world than to God? I hope not. He who swears to his own hurt does not change. He does not put out his money as usury, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things shall never be moved. I can say this. He who works these things won't see sickness in their lives. Amen. Number two, number one, if we're going to walk in divine healing we got to walk in the love of God towards God and people. Number two, we have to understand God's love for us will keep the healing flowing in our lives. You have to understand God's love for you. If you don't understand that God is a good God and you're always blaming God for your problems, then you're in trouble. You can't be blaming God for the troubles that's coming your way. Amen. Some people blame God. They, they say, God, why did you do this to me? Well, God's not doing it to you. God's not putting sickness on you. The devil's out here and you live in bodies that are corruptible. We live in a cursed, sin-filled world. And sometimes our bodies get attacked. But we got to learn to walk and stand against those things. I love this, uh, talking about the love of God. Uh, you know, uh, Moses broke the, uh, the, the children of Israel. Moses was up on the mountain getting the Ten Commandments. You remember that? And then all of a sudden the Lord said, they're down there worshiping a cow. Remember that? And a holy cow. I love that. They were worshiping a cow. Made a cow holy. Holy cow. I love that. I'll write that into my script. But anyway, and so Moses came down. What did he do? Why did he? He broke the tablets. He got so mad he broke the tablets. And so he broke the tablets, and then, then, then he, he, he reprimanded the people, and then he went back up, and he had to cut more stone, and God made the second set of tablets. But I love this, and, and then he said, then God spoke to him on top of the mountain. And I was ready, you know, you know he broke the, second, the first set of tablets, and God had to redo the tablets. So you'd think that God may have been a little upset with, with, with Moses, because he had to do it the second time. Because Moses got so angry. Because remember, I don't know if you realize this, but Moses had anger issues. Does anybody have anger issues out here? Thank you for that one honest hand. Thank you, ma'am. We all have anger issues at times. Amen. And Moses had anger issues, and that's the reason why he couldn't bring the children of Israel into the promised land because he struck the rock instead of speaking to the rock that's a whole nother message and so and so again he's on the mountain and 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 god reveals himself to moses and he says here now the lord descended on the cloud stood with him there 
and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, is merciful, is merciful and gracious, gracious, long-suffering, and abounding in goodness and truth. I love that. The Lord is gracious and he's merciful. He's not looking to judge us. He's looking to bless us. You've got to get a revelation of that. God is looking to bless you. He's not looking to judge you. He wants you to judge yourselves so that you won't be judged. And I love this. It says in Psalms 103, it says here, The Lord is merciful, verses 8 through 13. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy. He will, he will not always strive with us. That means he won't be angry with us. Nor will he, he, he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. Notice that his mercies are great towards those that fear him. What about those that don't fear him? I don't know if they're walking in too much mercy. Fear him means a reverential fear of God. That means that you honor God so much you show up at church. Can I... Uh, you, you honor God so much that you, you, you get up and read your Bible. You honor God so much that you don't go through the day without praying. You honor God. You reverentially fear God. Somebody say, I reverentially fear God. And His mercy is upon those that fear Him. As far as the east is from west, so far as He removed our transgressions from us, as a father pities his children, so the Lord pity those who fear Him. Now, I love that. Now, now I love what Jesus said to the, to the Pharisees and the scribes in Matthew 23, 23. He says, Woe to your scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites, for you pay the tithe and mint and, and uh, anise a cumin and have neglected the weightier matter of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. So, so Jesus is talking to them. And he's exhorting them and he's saying that you're doing good by tithing. I'm going to say this, that we all should be tithers in the house. And he said, you're doing good by tithing, but you need to add these three keys to your tithing to see the blessings of God. What are the three keys? You need to walk in justice. You need to walk in mercy. And you need to walk in faith. And justice is doing what's right towards people. So when we're walking in justice... We're doing the right things towards people. Mercy is giving compassion and love to those who don't merit it. It's those that mess up and you give them mercy even though they make mistakes. Amen. Amen. Everybody makes mistakes. He who does nothing makes no mistakes. That's right. Is that right? He who does nothing makes no mistakes. So if you're doing something, you might make a mistake every once in a while. Is that right? Why? Because he that doesn't do anything doesn't make mistakes. Amen? And so justice is doing what's right towards people. Mercy is giving compassion and love to those that don't merit it. And faith is obeying God's word and trusting God no matter what the circumstances may be at that time. So faith is obeying the word of God and trusting him. So, so we see here, these are keys. To walk in the love of God. Number three, walking in God's love keeps the fear out. Fear opens the door to sickness and poverty in our lives. Amen. When we get a symptom in our body or we get a bad doctor report, sometimes we get in fear. It, it, come on, can I talk to anybody today? Sometimes we get nervous about this bad report. The doctor said, well, you got this or you're dealing with this. And it's incurable. And, 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 and the, these many people die of it. And, and, they, and they start giving you statistics. But if in your, you're in God, you're not going to worry about it. Right. Amen. So, so, so you can't allow fear. Again, fear tolerates faith contaminated. It has been said that there's 365 scriptures minimal in the Bible that tells us to fear not. 365, that's one for every day of the year. We're not supposed to fear for anything. Pray, for, pray about everything and fear nothing. Faith working through love is the key to every positive thing in our lives. Fear 
is the, is the key to every negative thing in our life. Walking in God's love destroys fear in our lives. And we've got to get the fear out if we're going to walk in divine healing in our lives. Can I get a witness in the house today? In 1 John 4, 18 and 19, it says, There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment, and he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. So, so here, uh, the John, the Apostle John, got the revelation that perfect love casts out fear. And if you're not walking in fear and you're walking in faith, it's going to be easy for your walk in healing. Because fear will open the door for every dis-ease in a person's life. Can I, can I get a witness in the house today? And I love this because I'm going to give you some scriptures that will help you deal, if you're dealing with fear and worry about anything that you're dealing with, especially any kind of sickness. I love what it says in Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will hold you up with my righteous right hand. I love that. So, so, so we don't need to fear or be dismayed. Why? Because God is with us and God will strengthen us. Somebody say, God's with me. And I love what it says in Psalms 23, 4 and 5. It says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. When we get that bad report and we, we're dealing with that symptom, sometimes it, deal, it seems like we're dealing with a valley of the shadow of death. I'm going to say this, shadows can't hurt you. I will, notice this, the next verse, I will fear no evil. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Your rod and your staff will comfort me. And I love this. You prepare the table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overruns or runs over. And I love that because whenever we are going, walking through the valley of the shadow of death, God is with us. And in the process of us coming out of whatever the devil's trying to put on our lives, God's going to prepare a table. In, the, in other words, your mess is going to be your message. Amen. Your test is going to be your testimony. Just make sure you don't you, you stay clear of the monies. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. In Joshua 1.9, I love this. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So, so here in, in, in Joshua, God is saying to Joshua, just be strong and of good courage. You will possess the land. So, so that is a powerful scripture. God is saying that to Joshua, and he's saying to, to us when we're encountering any kind of Test or temptations dealing with sickness. In 2 Timothy 1.7, it says that God has not given us a spirit of fear. This is one of my favorites. But a power and love and a sound mind. Amen. Amen. And so, so God has not given you a spirit of fear. He had, or a spirit of timidity. Another word is a spirit of cowardness. There's no cowards in God. We are more than conquerors in Christ. So if you're going to follow walking in the love of God, I'm going to encourage you to, to keep coming to church consistently. Because that's the love of God in action. When you come to church and you're loving the body, you're loving Jesus. And if you're not coming to church and you're not loving on the body, you're not really truly loving Jesus. I'm saying it this morning. Because to love the body is to love Jesus. And coming to church and being a blessing and doing what you know you need to do, that's a key to walking in the love of God. And I'm telling you, those that are out of church and stay out of church will not experience the blessings of God like they need to. Number two, don't allow the enemy to keep you from consistently tithing or holding back on the tithe. Amen. Amen. The tithe is the key to the blessing. 
And, and, and the reason why some people don't tithe or they hold back or they just give an offering instead of a tithe is because they're walking in some t- type of, of fear or they're not truly believing that God will open the doors and the windows of heaven and that he will... Pour. I, 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 I bought into the idea that God's word is true. And if this God's word is true, the best investment that you can invest in is not the stock market. It's not gold or silver. The best investment is in the kingdom of God. That's the best. That, that, that provides rich dividends. And for you not to be tithing, you're forfeiting the blessings of God on your life. And you will always deal with lack. And, you're, and I have to say it, if you're not tithing, you're lacking love in your life. Because love gives. That's the first thing you should think about when you get paid is God. Remember I said at the very beginning of this message, most people on this planet that don't have God are self-centered. They're the center of their life. But people that have God, God is the center of their life. And everything, everything that we do revolves around God. You don't work for a living, you work for a giving. And God has proven his faithfulness to me over the years. I'm, you know, my, my wife and I are tithers. We tithe everything that we get. Back in the church, we're sowers. Amen? And I'm telling you, I, we're, 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 we're just, we're, we're glad to give. And I, and I believe we, we gave more, I believe we gave more last year than we did the year before. And we should always be increasing in our giving, not decreasing. That's what keeps the church going. In Malachi 3.10, it says, Bring all the tithes in the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven, pour out a blessing, that you will not have room enough to receive it. I believe that promise. How many people believe that? And then if you're going to keep walking in love of God, you cannot be harboring ill will or bitterness towards people. You have to walk, you have to pray for those who despitefully use you and come against you. Amen. In, in Romans 12, 14, 21, it says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind towards one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. I love that. You don't get back at people. You don't make it even. You don't even the score. No, you bless those that do you wrong. And the only way you can do that is with the love of God on the inside of you. If you keep walking in these keys, I believe you'll walk in the healing blessings of God. You'll walk in the prosperity blessings of God. You will see eternal life blessings, not only in your life, but in your family's life and generations to come. I really believe this, that God wants us living longer. Why? Because he has a call for each one of our lives. He doesn't want our lives short-circuited. He wants us living to to do all that he's calling us to. And I believe that God wants us abundantly uh, blessed in prosperity. Why? So that we can propagate the gospel and get this gospel to the four ends, the four corners of this world. And when we're doing these things, we won't be very far from walking in health, healing, wholeness, soundness, preservation, protection, prosperity, and eternal life. Did you receive it today? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I thank you for your mercies and your goodness and your love. I thank you, Father God, that you're moving in us as we move to obey you, Father God, to walk in love towards you and others. Father God, as we walk in that love of God, oh, it makes our faith work and our faith obtains the promises of healing, obtains the promises of blessings. And I thank you, Father God. I'm declaring that, that as we walk in your love, that the anointing is driving out every yoke of bondage in Jesus' name. Perhaps you're here in the audience. Perhaps you're listening or watching. And you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. Well, today is the day of salvation. I'm going to ask you to pray this simple prayer with me and mean your heart so that you can put Jesus on the center of your life, on the throne room of your heart. Say this and mean your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. 
I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org 